you are listening to the sermon podcast from Bethel Covenant Church. We're an evangelical covenant congregation outside Ellsworth, Wisconsin. You can learn more about us at BethelCov.org. Thanks for listening. I was talking to my uh, mom yesterday, and she reminded me that when I was um, a kid, I used to ask her, why there weren't kids' days. You know, there's a Mother's Day and a Father's Day. Why is there not, you know, where's the kids' day? It's only fair. And at the time, uh, I didn't like her answer, but she told me that every day is basically kids' day. <laughs> and, and, and now, I told her on the phone today, I said, I finally understand what you meant. <laughs> every day is, is kids' day, for sure. Um, when I uh, come to, to Mother's Day every year, I, I just can't help but think about the spiritual mothers and mothers that have cared for me in my life. Um, I, at every step of the way, it's been kids' day uh, for me with people that have loved me and cared for me. I, uh, I can think of my own mom. I can think of women from church. I'll tell you about one a woman I grew up with at the church I grew up. Her name is... Um, Candy Hansen, and Candy Hansen was a, was a lady at our church for many years, and um, every single Sunday, uh, her, her and her husband didn't have any kids of their own, but every, every single Sunday, she made a point of talking to every single kid in our church, um, and I was one of them. Uh, and for years after I finished at, at Living Hope, I went off to college, I went away, I knew that on my birthday, I would get a birthday card from Candy Hansen every single year. Um, and there are just so many people around us that uh, love us and work in, uh, so incredibly hard uh, to show us that they care about us. And, and mothers in particular, um, we just, I think we're so prone to take it all for granted. Um, and we just, it just seems like, well, they do such a good job of it that we, um, we don't even acknowledge or say thank you, except maybe once a year. Um, and so... Um, <clears throat> I just, today, you know, I'm just so, I want to remember uh, those disciples of Jesus, those mothers that I know that with just great pain and and perseverance and getting up every single morning to do it again, they they fight for their kids, they fight for the people that God puts in their path. Um, And and I've always taken that for granted, Um, and it wasn't until I became a parent myself that I saw um, what it looks like a little tiny bit from the other side. Um, and it's funny because when you uh, talk to them um, and to uh, most people, they minimize what, what they do. Um, and I talk to moms all the time that wonder if the impact, uh, if their love that they're showing to their kids is making a difference, um, if it really matters. And, and we, all, we all minimize that love. You know, and today we're talking about love and, and we just, you know, I, you think about, you know, just like flowers and nice warm feelings and and that's all great, but, but the love that I've experienced from others is, is a hard uh, work love. It's a dirty love. It's a difficult love um, to show up every day and uh, show the people in your path that you, you care about them. Um, it's, it's not easy, and, and all of us need that. Um, you know, we, we think about it like, like something extra, like a, like a flower, but, but all of us need to give and receive love. Uh, otherwise, uh, things, uh, things don't, don't always go well. Um, we take it for granted, but it's just so crucial because uh, when people don't receive love, um, uh, hard stuff happens. Um, 
All right, one second. <laughs> we, we look for that love in other places. Um, it messes us up in ways that we could never imagine. Um, you know, some of us have those um, awesome people that have poured into us, and some of us uh, missed out on that love a little bit. Some of us have hard relationships with people uh, that were supposed to teach us about love. And, and when we don't get that, we look for love in other places. And, and in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, um, our, our text today is, is written to a community of people that um, clearly missed out on receiving love during their lives. Uh, there's no other way to, to explain uh, this, this book of the Bible, I think, than that. The first people that heard these words of scripture in, in 1 Corinthians, uh, they were lacking in that love, in giving and receiving love. They were lacking in love for each other, and they were lacking in love from each other. And that lack was causing all kinds of problems in their community. Um, and like all human beings, like all of us do, um, when we're trying to make up for a lack in our lives, uh, they did some questionable things. They maybe hurt people even more trying to uh, make up for what maybe they were missing. I love the book of 1 Corinthians because uh, it is a reminder that the first churches uh, were full of the sorts of people that Jesus came to earth for. Um, people who are broken and messed up, uh, just like we are sometimes. People who came together not because they were uh, so good or strong or moral or upstanding, but because they were in great need. Um, if you read the letter, the whole letter of 1 Corinthians, it describes a church, a community of churches that is a complete mess. Uh, there are very uh, few, you know, if you walked into this church, you would be shocked. And it reminds us that um, their dysfunction, it reminds us that, uh, right, that cliche, the church really is supposed to be a hospital for the sick uh, and broken people and not a museum for saints. So you can't read 1 Corinthians without uh, realizing that. From the very beginning, the church was meant to be a place where people who uh, are missing something uh, can come together and uh, grow closer to God, work through their sin and their issues and their brokenness together. Uh, from the very beginning, the church was meant to be a place where people on a journey of faith uh, could come together and lay down their baggage by walking uh, with, with Jesus. And so if you read 1 Corinthians, you'll, you'll find, uh, right, it's, it's a mess uh, in this church. There's constant division over who the best uh, teachers are. They've had a bunch of different missionaries come through, and, and they've chosen teams. They said, oh, I like this guy. Uh, you like that guy. Um, the, the Corinthian church is full of um, relational dysfunction. Uh, people are... Uh, for lack of a, uh, people are treating each other like garbage in this church. Uh, they, uh, they met Jesus through the teaching of Paul. They, they came to be followers of Christ, but uh, for some reason, because they're human just like us, they're, they're just treating each other like, like trash. They're, they're suing each other constantly. They can't work anything out between each other. Uh, they're picking at each other. Um, there's issues where uh, some people are, are having some pretty messed up family relationships with each other. Uh, they're fighting about what food is okay to eat. Um, it's funny, when they come together to celebrate communion, and you know, we celebrated communion last Sunday, um, it, it talks about this in 1 Corinthians. The problem was that uh, the richer people that uh, had more time on their hands, they'd show up to have communion first. 
Uh, and they would have such an awesome time partying and eating the bread and drinking the real wine that by the time the rest of the church showed up, all the food was gone. <laughs> right? Imagine how messed up a church is that, that you can't even wait until everybody's together to share communion. And even um, in worship, they're constantly interrupting each other. Uh, so when they have their, their prayer time, you know, somebody raises their hand and, they, and they're starting to share. And then somebody jumps up and says, well, I've got something to say. And, and before they can finish their sentence, somebody else comes and says, but I've got something to say. I talked to God. I heard from God. They're, they're, they're like fighting with each other to, uh, to get that little acclaim, that little kind of spiritual badge. They're competing with each other, putting their experiences of faith on display. Uh, the Corinthians are, they're compensating for their lack of love and stability for the stuff that they need to work through by um, trying to be super spiritual people, by trying to show other people just how much they uh, know about God, how much they care about faith. And, and they know, uh, just like all of us do when our, our lives are uh, falling apart, they know that things aren't going right in their community. They know that things are getting out of hand. They know that people are getting hurt. And uh, they know this, and we know they know this, because they wrote a letter to Paul, who wrote a letter back to them to try and help them with their problems. And in their insecurity, they're doing this, this very human thing. They know things aren't right. And so they're trying to make up for it by, uh, by trying a little harder. And all around our passage, um, Paul, who planted the church, who met all these people, who cared about all these people, who introduced all these people to Jesus, um, is, is trying to um, give them something to grab onto. He's trying to give them something to grab onto so that they can get pulled out of the mess that they're in as a community. He steps in and offers them a rope, a cure to the, the real kind of root of the problem, at least as, as Paul sees it, as our, our Bible sees it. And uh, Paul believes that, that the root of their problem is really just, a, oh, hey, there's Corinth. Very exciting. Um, there we go. Uh, the root of their problem is a, is a lack of love. And if you read 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, uh, most of the time you hear it in weddings because it talks about love, and we think, well, we should talk about love at weddings, right? Um, but it, it begins uh, with Paul outlining all of the things that they're so proud of. Uh, he says, you know, if you... Uh, say these like amazing prophecies, if you uh, speak in foreign languages and do these, these incredible spiritual experiences, if you, uh, he says, if I sell everything I have and give everything over to the poor, uh, he lists all these things, right? All these like spiritual goals that the Corinthians are going for. And he says, if I do all these things, if I do everything perfectly every single time, but I do not have love, I gain Nothing, and, and that's the point that Paul makes. He says, all the work that you're putting into being spiritual to try and make up for the problems in your community, uh, it's not going to give you anything if you don't have love. And so he makes this point that um, all the sacrifice, all the knowledge, all the spirituality is a waste if you're missing love. And, and in 8 through 13, he says, at the end of the day, um, when everything fades away, when all the things that you've built are gone, when nobody remembers that amazing word from the Lord you heard, when nobody remembers that donation that you made, um, love remains. So according to Paul, um, loving the person in front of you is the most important thing you'll ever do in your life. If you read 1 Corinthians, uh, this is the message that Paul is trying to make. He says, as, as a follower of Jesus, as somebody who knows what Jesus is, who Jesus is, the most important thing you do during your day is, is showing love to others. Uh, he says, 
when everything else passes away, um, love remains. Love is your life's work, and, and this is what love looks like. So in, in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, uh, Paul just talks about what, what love looks like, what, what it means, at least to Paul, what, uh, what our, our Bible means when it, it talks about love. And he, he talks about what love is and what love isn't. And as I read this list this week, um, I found myself just incredibly challenged by it. So we're just, we're just going to go, we're just going to go through it. Uh, he says, love is patient. Uh, love is patient because people are slow to learn. <laughs> love is patient because people let us down, uh, not just once, not just twice, not just three times, but sometimes many, many, many more times than that. He says, love looks like Patience, And if somebody has ever been patient with you, you know what that kind of love feels like. He says, love is kind. And again, remember, he's not talking about a, just a husband and wife or a family or your kids. He's talking about the whole community of people trying to follow Jesus together. He says, love is kind. Uh, love is kind because people are fragile. You say the wrong thing and and you lose somebody. They say it takes seven compliments to make up for one constructive criticism. Love is kind because people are fragile. Then he goes into talking about what love is not. He says, love, it, it doesn't envy. Um, this one is, is a hard one for me sometimes, if I'm being honest. Love is able to see a blessing in somebody else's life. Love is being able to see something awesome happen to somebody you care about and, and have that cause you to celebrate instead of feeling bad. And, and boy, do I struggle here. He says, love sees something good happening to somebody that you care about, and it throws a party. It doesn't envy. Uh, it doesn't boast. Love can have good things. When we have love, good things can happen to us without us feeling the need to flaunt and rub them in the faces of others. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. Love is not a tool to make yourself feel better or look better, Paul says. Ouch. Ouch, right? Love is not easily angered. Again, because people are slow and frustrating. Love is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love doesn't smile and take it and plan a revenge for later. Uh, love does not delight in evil, he says. And, and what Paul means by this is uh, love doesn't delight when um, something bad happens to somebody, even though they really deserve it. That's a tough one, right? There are times when you feel this way. I, maybe, maybe not, but if you're like me, there are times when you feel this way. And he finishes with one short list. He says, and this is what love does do, uh, right? Love rejoices with the truth. It rejoices when people uh, get pulled back on the right track. It rejoices when somebody you've been patient with and prayed for and cared for and prayed for and cared for, and they finally uh, get that little step closer uh, to following Jesus. It, it rejoices with the truth. Love, and then he says this, and I love it because he uses the word always, right? And love always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Doesn't mean you've got to be everybody's best friend, but, but if you love somebody, you seek to care for them. You look for opportunities to imagine the best in them. 
You hope for the best in your friends and, and even the people you struggle with. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. And when I hear this list, and if love really is uh, our, my life's work, when I, I hear this list, I am worried that I'm about to get fired, right? <laughs> because if love is our life's work, and, and that's what love looks like and what it doesn't look like, uh, I'm, I'm about to get uh, let go. <laughs> but what encourages me, and what I have to remember, is the people that Paul is writing this to. Uh, Paul is taking the time and the Holy Spirit is inspiring his words to write this letter to a people that are so at each other's throats, they're dragging each other to court so much that Paul feels the need to write about it. Paul is writing to a group of people who are failing at this job almost as much as I'm failing at it. And it's a reminder that Paul doesn't write to condemn them. Paul doesn't write to say, you guys have failed to love. Come back when you're ready. No, uh, he offers them a rope. We're not supposed to be here yet. It reminds us that we're forgiven and broken people, people in need of a healer and a savior, not decent folk uh, showing everybody what it means uh, to live life right. Because the story of the Bible is this, that Jesus came for broken and not so loving and often selfish people just like me. And he showed us what love looks like. He lived it out. He loved us with an impossible love. He died and rose again, and that changed everything. The good news is the story of the Bible is that we can be transformed into the sorts of people that learn to love like this. That we can be remade into people who live out that love in the places that we live our lives. Um, the Bible puts it, puts it this way. Uh, in John, 1 John 4, 9, we are able to love. We love because he first loved us. It's not easy. It's impossible to love like that on our own. But by the grace of God, if we let him, he'll transform us into people that live this love out in our daily lives. And it, it doesn't happen all at once. Uh, and it doesn't even get finished before we leave this earth, but it's in that direction. It, it starts with repentance and waking up and trying to love again tomorrow, but God will work in and through us in this. This list isn't meant to shame uh, uh, us. It's not meant to shame the Corinthians. It's meant to give us a chance to repent, to redirect us back in the right direction, encourage us to wake up tomorrow morning and love the people in front of us the way that Jesus did. And so what I've been wrestling with all week, and I'll, uh, my apologies, I'll, I'll add you guys into the, the wrestling too. Uh, I've been wrestling this week with the people that are in front of me today and tomorrow. You know, as you, as you see this, this list, we'll go back. As you see this list, if you're like me, there's somebody that comes to mind that maybe requires an extra dose of patience. Um, maybe as you read this list, there's somebody that comes to mind that you remember uh, feeling just envious of something that's happened in their lives. If you're like me, there are parts of this list that, that hurt a little bit more to hear than others. And, and maybe there's somebody in your mind as you read this list. Who is it hardest for you to love these days? Who's in front of you? That's what I've been wrestling with. And, and so as we, we continue, I, I just invite you um, to just bring a person to mind. 
Whoever that person is that you, you struggle with this for, let, let Jesus, let the Holy Spirit uh, remind you of who that person is. Bring them in, in front of your, your mind's eye. And we're going we're gonna to pray um, through these verses together that we might be made into the sorts of people that we might uh, lay down and, and ask forgiveness for the ways we've fallen short, but that God might make us into the sorts of people that love even the difficult people uh, with this true love. Would you, would you pray this with me in your heart and imagine that person in your mind's eye? Lord, we have all fallen short in love just like the Corinthians. We all try to make up for it by doing more and by trying to impress other people, but Lord, we pray that you call us back to the main thing, to love. As we think of the people that you put in our paths, may we remember, Lord, that love is patient, that love is kind. It does not envy or boast. It's not proud. Lord, may we remember and be transformed into people who don't dishonor others. Love is not self-seeking or easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Lord, may we be made into people who do not delight in evil but rejoice with the truth. May we be made into people that protect that person that look for opportunities to hope and to trust in that person. May we be made into people, O oh Lord, who, who persevere. We are called to lay our shortcomings at your feet, God. Would you make us new? Would you teach us how to love again in your name? Amen. When I am aware of my lack in this area, it, it, it hurts but Paul argues, the Bible argues that when the buildings that we build are lost, when the donations that we make are lost, when the sacrifice that we've made is utterly forgotten, when we're unremembered, when uh, somebody finally takes down our memorial plaque off the thing that we gave to that person, when our gravestone melts from centuries of rain, that when all those things happen, only one thing remains. And that one thing that comes with us, that one thing that lasts, is love. It's like a footprint in the wet concrete of eternity. And disciples make an impact on the world by loving the people in front of us. And one day when we're put in the ground, one day at the resurrection, you'll see the marks on the people that you cared about. We'll see the fruit growing up from love in the lives of others, and we'll see that those things did indeed pass the test of time, even though they went unnoticed in our lifetimes. Love is our life's work. The greatest thing we have to offer, our greatest use, our most meaningful lives are the things that we offer to others in love. Let's pray together. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from Bethel Covenant Church. We're an evangelical covenant church outside Ellsworth, Wisconsin, and you can find out more about us at BethelCov.org.